Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here. YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, a little notify bell next to it to make sure you always get your new Going In Raw notifications. In a little bit, we got a brand new 10 for the win going live right here on the channel. If yeah. you hit that notify bell and click on all, you will be notified. Of all. Of all. Whenever that happens. Uh, Not just 10 for the win. All. 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 Theoretically. Uh, uh, we're also available on the Instagram, not the podcast, but pictures of us is available on the Instagram. Well, usually it's and just you talking to an inanimate object. Inanimate object. You talking about Big Red? Yeah, the belt. Ooh, that might be coming to an end. Big Red might be out of my hands right now. You are leading our Wrestle Kingdom predictions yep. by four points, and uh, that's exciting stuff. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of which. But, Wrestle yeah, Kingdom. I, what? we're trying to get... We're trying to get by tomorrow night, by the end of Wrestle Kingdom, night two, uh, 6,969 6, oh, nice. Nice followers. Uh, really, my end goal is like 10,000. I want to get 10,000 by the end of this year, 2020, uh, so that we can start pushing our videos and merchandise via our Instagram uh, thing as well. Anyways. Anyways, enough of that. Let's talk Wrestle Kingdom. Platform, people. Platform. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom night one. Uh, is in the books. Yeah. Uh, overall, I kind of feel... Okay, so here's the thing. There were three mind-blowing matches. Yeah. Excellent matches. There were the three last matches. Yeah. There was also on. a fourth that was pretty good, the Lance Archer-Mox match. It was pretty good. There was a, a decent tag title match. It yeah, picked up towards the end. It was okay, yeah. And then uh, everything else that preceded it, the six matches that preceded it, if you include all the, everything in the pre-show and stuff, uh, didn't necessarily feel like Wrestle Kingdom, but none of the matches were bad. None of the matches were bad. Uh, I, I mean, okay, I'll put it this way. None of them were must-watch, except for the Liger match. That was a special event thing because he's retiring. That was retiring. actually pretty that, fun. That's a big deal. Some of those, uh, those those older guys were putting their bodies on the line. No, I agree. I agree. And that's why I do. I would consider. I would totally consider that a Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the rest of it, I mean, look, 
I'm not going to claim to be the most knowledgeable guy about New Japan pro wrestling. I tr- we, we both try to keep up as much as we mm-hmm. can. We watch mm-hmm. what we can. Um, I mean, I noticed when we talked about it, I'm going to preface this because when we talked about uh, you know the, the the idea of doing Wrestle Kingdom over two nights and how we thought that some of this felt like Road Two stuff uh, during our live stream. Which, by the way, thanks for everybody yes, coming thank out you there. So much. There are a couple of people that were saying things like, you know, don't try to make a New Japan card into like how the WWE would do it. And my thing is, I've been watching Wrestle Kingdom now. This is what the third, fourth year. Fourth year we've watched it. Yeah, this is the first time it's ever been on two nights. So I'm just going by what it's been before. Yeah, because usually on Wrestle Kingdom, it's it's they'll have either New Japan Rumble or two pre-show matches, and those are usually like like tomorrow during the pre-show you're gonna get the uh, never open weight uh, tag title gauntlet match. I did it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once the main card happens, it's usually all title matches or or, or like significant one-on-one matches for over. A serious feud. So, like the two biggest examples that I can think of uh, was, you know, uh, Kenta and Goto having their stare down at the end of their fairly meaningless match tonight, and uh, 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 Zack Saber Jr. and Sonata having their stare down mm-hmm. at the end of their fairly meaningless match tonight. I know they did the U.S. title thing, which takes place kind of over two nights as well. Uh, Juice got gets the winner of that, which was Mox, um, and that's all well and good. But I just feel like Wrestle Kingdom so far, like from what I've seen uh, over the past couple of years, it's been big match, big match, big match, big. It's all been big matches, you yeah. know. Uh, and so, and I guess that's the issue when you're 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 taking what is usually a one day card, dividing it over two days. I don't want to use the word filler, but you got you got to you got to build a whole two card show. And looking at night two, this all sounds like complaining. This is really, I mean, from my point, this is really complaining that much. Because the last three matches more than made up for any anything that oh well, we're not shelling the show that's what we do didn't have uh, didn't seem of serious consequence anyways um, it was just the difference like we'd be doing the same thing it was WrestleMania it was just the, describing the difference this year than it was in yeah. years past yeah um, night two there's a lot less of these uh, tag matches sure yeah yeah in fact there because you get consequences from well, night sorry. one sorry yeah apart from even this this is Liger's last match that's 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 not, a big deal that, that is a huge deal yeah it's yes. a big deal so. Um, maybe they could have kicked one of these other tag matches over to night two and say put the junior heavyweight tag titles on uh, night one. Maybe. Yeah, I just think they should have done night one night. I mean, that's just that's how I think it should have gone. But I get. But the, there's the the double gold dash. Yeah, I know. I know. It. I know. You, you give these guys a night to rest, especially after seeing what the uh, uh, Naito and uh, Okada spoiler alert uh, put them, themselves through tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was, I mean, you know, like I said, the last three matches I thought were really, really great. Um, and then I thought the Liger thing was a special thing. And, and it, you was. Said it, it was a fun match. It was. It was. Yeah. Like I thought, it, I didn't think anything was, nothing on the undercard overstayed its welcome. They, and nothing the, yeah. was a dud. The matches, the matches that I thought, you're right, none of them were really a dud because none of them overstayed their welcome. Yeah. Like what, the, the match with the, what was it? Uh, uh, Ten Cozy versus Nagata and Nakanishi. That was like eight minutes, maybe. Well, was it even that? You maybe. know, like it felt very fast. Yeah, it was fast. It was there was there it was, was a there very was no quick slow points. match. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, was, I just meant it. Yeah, it just it, it felt just, fast because I think it, it was short B also because there was, yeah, it, it, it was didn't short. drag. There wasn't any rest holds per se. Yeah. Uh, let's kick things off with the pre-show. Unfortunately, the start of match 
the tag match uh, didn't air. It's a bit odd. Um, the uh, uh, my May uh, Iwatani and her partner they mm-hmm. won. Yeah. Um, first match we got to see was uh, Hanma and Makabe along with uh, Umura and Suji uh, taking on Toa Hinare and three uh, 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 young lions from the L.A. Dojo, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks. Team L.A. Dojo versus Team uh, J- Japan Dojo. Correct. So, uh, yeah, it was it – was, it, it was really neat to see a little bit from all these guys. Um, I don't really, I mean, I know Carl Fredericks because I've seen like little video and yeah. some gifts of him. Um, the other guys, I'm kind of not. But I mean, it, the LA Dojo is it seems to be seems to have some cool talent, as does the the yeah. Japan Dojo. I just kind of wish that we got to see a, a little more extended sequences from each of the young lines because they reach in the ring for a little bit, got to do a couple little things. But by and large, like uh, Hinari got the win. Uh, pinning uh, Suji after Uranagi. Mm-hmm. It'd been cool to see one of the young lines to maybe get, pick up that win. Yeah, sure. That'd been awesome. Sure. But, you know, hey, you, you got 10 minutes to work with, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to get eight eight guys showcase moments in a 10 minute match. They couldn't have brought in uh, Shooter from uh, Rev Pro. I guess when you're on excursion, you're not a young lion anymore. You're no, on man. excursion. You're on excursion. So you got to. You're yep. gone. You're, You're gone, gone for two or three years. Yeah. So uh, Team LA Dojo wins the first pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, second pre-show match, Tenkozy, Tenzan, Kojima taking on Yuji Nagata and uh, Nakanishi. Fun match. Every every guy in this match is a former IWGP heavyweight champion, all but one of them multiple times. Um, uh, it was cool to see them all in the ring. I still enjoy seeing Kojima wrestle. Yeah. He's pushing 50. He's yeah. still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they're all good. Uh, Nagata still good. Uh, anyways, uh, Kojima pins Nakanishi after a cozy lariat. Mm-hmm. Best lariat in the world. Agree. Good, good stuff. So his t-shirt say, uh, "Who am I to disagree with that?" Better not do the chops to you. They don't really seem that effective. I'll be honest with you. They're entertaining as all hell, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. All right, uh, first match of the main card. Uh, team Liger. This team is stacked. You got Liger, Fujinami, the Great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask. Uh, taking on uh, Sano, Otani, uh, Takaiwa, and uh, Taguchi, <laughs> the rookie of the group. Yeah, really. And this is fun because uh, uh, Sano and Liger in the begin, and pretty quickly uh, Sano sends Liger out of the ring, and like he looks at Liger and looks behind him to, to the ropes, but I'm like, oh, is he going to do it? Mm-hmm. Sure enough, suicide dive. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was good. Gosh, it I marked good. it. And none of these guys in this match had any problem uh, throwing their body around. Yeah. Uh, Sasuke tried for a swanton. He missed. Uh, a couple of those instances where guys were jumping off the top rope. It was great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They're all old, so it's fun to see that. Yeah. <laughs> they were not, we like going into her like, oh, yeah, Taguchi's in this match because he's the one going to be taking the, the bumps. No. I was actually pretty surprised how many bumps there were. They were all taking bumps early. Like, well, oh, and then the great thing is, Somebody did the math on the conglomerated age of everybody in the ring, and it was including the ref, 472 years in that in that ring That's going crazy. on. Yeah. Uh, in the end, though, uh, I assume there was a lock, a lock that Liger would win this match. However, no, Taguchi pins him after a bum IA and hitting his finish, the Doma. Yeah, man. Taguchi get himself the win. Liger wins tomorrow. No. Oh, yeah. He's a vet. How do you go out? Well, if it's over two nights and two matches, one and one. Go on your back. Anyways, next. 
L.I.J. versus Suzuki Goon. So you had Evil, Sonata, Takagi, and Bushi. Bushi. Taking on Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado uh, in in typical Suzuki Goon fashion. It's a mess of a match. In t- typical <laughs> Suzuki Goon fashion. Yeah. Mess. Yeah. For Every, the Belgian yeah. rings. They charge towards L.I.J. All-out brawl. They need to have one of those team meetings led by Chris Jericho where he's like, listen, guys. Rules. Rules matter. Yeah, rules, rules matter. are important. They don't worry about that, though. Not at all. Uh, so Suzuki and Evil are in the ring to start. Everybody else is brawling on the outside. Uh, Evil has the early advantage until they go to the outside. Minoru reaches over the barricade, grabs a chair from the, the broadcast area, and starts just hitting Evil with it. It's great. He goes for a pile driver. Evil fights out. Desperado gets tagged in. Uh, he maintains the advantage. Taichi's in next. Evil tries to make a comeback. Taichi goes, eh, eh. Uh, except Evil hits a suplex. And then uh, uh, Takagi's in. He clears out. Man, Takagi's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then Taichi gets the upper hand enough just to tear away his tear away pants. And then Tagag- Takagi and uh, Taichi uh, hit each other. They're both uh, dropped. Uh, Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. are in. Uh, Sonata tries to put Zack Sabre Jr. in the paradise lock. No. Uh, they do a bunch of, bunch of back and forth pinning combinations. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is trying to go after Sonata's arm. Instead, uh, Sonata hits a drop kick. Bushi's in. Uh, he maintains the advantage for LIJ. And then uh, backstabber on Zack Sabre Jr. goes for the pin. Suzuki Goon breaks it up. Uh, eventually, though, Zack Sabre Jr. just ties up Bushi in some move I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of just like a uh, Rings of Saturn, but he just kind of pin. Anyways, Bushi taps. Uh, Suzuki Goon wins. Uh, bell rings. Zach's not letting go of the hold. Sonata's yeah. in there. He kicks uh, Zach Sabre Jr. a couple times. He's still not going to break it. Puts him in uh, cold skull. Or skull then, sorry. And uh, uh, he eventually uh, releases and leaves. Yeah, I mean, the whole match was basically to focus on Zach Sabre Sonata. Jr. Yeah. And, and Sonata because they have that big Rev Pro title match tomorrow night. That, mm-hmm. that should be. Yeah. That, that could be a, a, a night stealer. Oh, yeah. Uh, it could be. After that, we had. Uh, Chaos Team Chaos This is eight man tag action Chaos Goto Ishii Yano And uh, Yoshihashi He's your favorite Versus uh, You know The scrubs of the Bullet Club And then plus Kenta Yeah You had Fale Looking just ridiculous In like What, what do we call him Like a Cuban dictator Like a Fidel Castro yeah, Gorilla Yeah <laughs> Outfit it, it was comically bad uh, Chase Owens, uh, the aforementioned Kenta, and the Tokyo Pimp Takahashi. Um, and, you know, obviously Yano's in the match, so we got a lot of Yano comedy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then Kenta trying his damned Kenta in there trying his damnedest to, like, you know, bring some seriousness and some intensity I to know. this. Everybody's in Bullet Club's doing their own thing. Again, it was to build... Goto versus Kenta, which again could be a night stealing match tomorrow. Yeah. But like everybody's a goof in this match except for those two guys. Yeah, I know. So they're booked really strong. Well, Ishii too. He he hit Fale with a brain buster. Yeah, and that was cool. That was like one cool moment for Ishii. Yeah. Like even he feels like an afterthought here. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the finish saw Goto send uh, Takahashi into Kenta, knocking Kenta out. Uh, Goto hits Ushiguroshi, like stares at Kenta while he does the GTR, pins Tokyo Pimp for the win for Team Chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, for the tag titles, Finn Juice versus Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, immediately uh, after uh, Finn Juice make their entrance, Gorillas of Destiny on the ramp. Finn Juice charges towards him, brawl on the ramp. Uh, Tongaloa backdrops Juice on the ramp. 
Bell's finally Bell finally rings. Uh, Grillo's destiny in control uh, until uh, Juice hits a reverse DDT on Tonga Loa. Uh, Finley comes in. He takes it to Loa uh, until uh, Tama Tonga just comes in and just levels him from behind. Yeah. And then, you know, it's your typical back and forth. And I was actually fairly surprised. I was fairly surprised that Finn Juice picked up the win here. Considering, considering that Juice Robinson has a U.S. title match tomorrow. Um so I guess it means uh, Mox is going to retain. I don't foresee Juice Robinson being double champion, but I could be proven incorrect. I think Mox will probably retain. Looking that way. Maybe it's just really, really what I want. Um, I mean, in retrospect, I'm, I am kind of, I don't know if I'm surprised. I mean, Mox has spoken very, very highly of New Japan. Um there has been some rumblings, I guess, of like a New Japan AEW relationship. Yeah, they've been picking up, picking up steam of late. I, I don't brewing, know if it's yeah. simply because Jericho said, yes, if, if Tanahashi beats me, he gets AEW title shot. Or if there's more to it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. It, I would think, I mean, you would think, dude, Tanahashi is like the Cena, you know, of New Japan. And Cena doesn't do nothing just on his own. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it feels... Yeah. I, and again, I'm not claiming to know what the hell I'm talking about. But I would just think that, look, New Japan is bringing in... And granted, they're big draws. But they are AEW's two biggest draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho and well, Mox. Two of their three. Uh, who, am I thinking, who am I missing? Kenny. Kenny. Well, no, Jericho and Mox are their two biggest draws. Because they got the WWE thing going, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. people, well, everybody most, knows who they are. Well-known guys, yeah. And so, they, I mean, they bringing those guys in, uh, and you know, the fact that Tana would say that about the AEW title, um, I guess some of it'll be telling if Jericho wears the title tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think he would because they've talked about, they've talked about. They're this. introducing that belt in the New Japan canon. So. They are, you know. And so, um, I mean, maybe Tanahashi's gotten the kind of clout where he can say what he wants to say, and New Japan can't really do anything about it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, but, you know, I mean, they have Mox pick up this title. I don't know. He probably wouldn't. But, like, would that add some intrigue to their upcoming Mox and and Jericho? Mm -hmm. Would Mox wear the U.S. title on AEW television? I uh, not uh, without a working relationship, no, no. But if they have one, even if they're taking baby steps, you know, possible. I mean, New Japan. Well, I'll I'll say that here. I'll 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 interject here with one little small thing. Uh, AEW and AAA do have a working relationship. Kenny's wore the Mega Championship on AEW TV once. Mm -hmm. Doesn't worry otherwise. Yeah, Um, but I mean, he did do that. You know, he, yeah, it was he, once. He did wear it. Yeah, once. But like when he has a match, a st- you know, a match when it's not a title defense, he doesn't wear the belt. Yeah, that's true. And so unless Mox is going to be defending that U.S. title mm-hmm. on Dynamite or AEW pay-per-view, I don't foresee him wearing the belt. I am kind of curious because I just, I just don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, this the match picked up steam. This tag match, I guess we'll get back to that. Picked up steam toward the end, um, especially like Gorilla's Destiny hit a magic killer on Finley. You think that's that? Juice is in to break it up. He eats a magic killer too, mm-hmm. and so uh, Gorilla's Destiny are like that's it, power bomb time. 
they get Thinley up there for the super power bomb. He reverses that into Arana. Uh, and then uh, he ro- later on, he rolls up Tama Tonga. Tama kicks out and sends Finley towards the rope. And there's a, a Jado there, hits Finley with a kendo stick. You think that's it? No, Finley kicks out again. Uh, Finley hits a stunner on Tama Tonga. Tama Tonga kicks out. And then Juice goes for pulp friction. Uh, Tonga Loa uh, pushes him off. But eventually, Juice does hit it. And the finish saw David Finley hit sliced bread on Tamatanga for the win. New tag champions. Is this Finley's first uh, title in New Japan? I think so. I think he might have been like one of them never six-man dudes. But I don't oh, think yeah, he... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have been, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. This is this is really cool. This is a big deal for yeah, him. I'm a big... I like Finley. I think he's great. I'm not a big Juice Robinson fan. Yeah, that's been firmly established. At all. Um... <laughs> I hate, I, dude, I can't, that, and even that finisher, I hate Pulp Fiction. I hate that. Pulp Friction? Pulp Friction. I hate it. Anyways. Uh, no, it was it was cool. I mean, I figured you never bet against Girls of Destiny. Yeah, um, uh, Juice, or sorry, uh, uh, David Finley is a former <laughs> he champion was. with Ricochet and Kojima. Oh, man. All right. I wonder how long that lasted. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That's funny. Um, well, good for him. He looks like, I mean, the cool thing, Finley, it looks like he's in like a he's lot in really good better shape. shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some of it is he just covers himself up a little bit more. But, I mean, he, you know, he was wrestling shirtless. And before yeah. when he wrestled shirtless, he just looked like he had more meat on him. Yeah. He looked like he trimmed down a little bit. It's awesome. Um, 
Anyways, after that, we had a Texas death match. Yeah, this match was ridiculous, but fun. Mox versus Lance Archer. Um, well, yeah, it was just, it was kind of silly. I'll be honest with you. It was kind of silly. The, the problem is, man, and I'm not trying to be a downer or anything, but like we just saw like prime, I mentioned this on the stream, you know, the lights out match was probably like since <laughs> it was probably the most brutal match of this kind that we've seen on TV since like Foley and Vader were going at it, you know, and yeah. I mean, I know that the, you know, there was the hardcore title in the WWF and everything, but this, that was a brutal match. And so this just kind of felt it, the finish was great. The finish was great. The there finish was, some, was great. there was some brutal spots. There was some rough spots. Um, so early, Mox comes out first. He fills the ring with chairs. Uh, Archer comes out. He starts punching young lions ringside. He actually takes a lap all the way around the, the ring so we can dole out some pain to the young lions. Yeah. Uh, early on, Mox sends Lance out of the ring, follows the suicide dive. They're brawling ringside for a bit. Back into the ring, Mox gets a kendo stick. Uh, he gets in the ring. Archer throws a chair at his face. Uh, follows with a pair of chair shots and then grabs trash can lid, hits him with that. And then gets the kendo and is wailing away on on Mox with that kendo stick. Yeah. And then hits him right in the nipple. Oh, yeah. And, and Mox reaches it. for it. Oh, that looked rough. That probably hurt bad. Uh, Lance is up going for old school. Uh, Mox pulls him off, and then he destro- basically destroys a kendo stick over him. Mm. Uh, tries to hit him with a uh, trash can lid. Lance catches him going for a choke slam. Mox fends that off, clobbers him in the face with the lid, and then suplexes him through some chairs that were set up in the corner, follows that up with a regal knee. Um, we're down ringside. Lance choke slams Mox on the apron, and then choke slams uh, a young lion onto him off the apron. Yeah, that was rad. That was great. It was like full force too. Yeah, it was. And then falls with a dive over the top rope onto Mox and a bunch of young lions. Back in the ring, Archer sets up some chairs uh, and eventually hits. I forget what they call it, but it's like a reverse razor's edge. Mm-hmm. It's great. Through four chairs. Uh, that was a rough spot. Um, Mox has, or sorry, Archer has the iron claw on Mox. He counters with cross arm breaker. Uh, Lance goes for a choke, picks up Mox and just tosses him over his head right into the corner. He goes for a choke slam. Mox escapes that, hits a paradigm shift. Lance barely gets up to beat the 10 counts. 10 count in this match. I think 10 count. Uh, I think you know if there was submission involved. Well, at one point, at one point, Mox had the arm, the uh, cross arm breaker. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I guess he could have submitted. And there were, there were T's in the submission, yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so after that, uh, Mox goes for a Death Rider, can't hit it. Instead, he gets pounced by Lance, eats an Uranagi onto a chair. He gets up to beat the ten, 10 count, throws up some double middle fingers to Archer, eats a huge boot, and then Lance pulls out, a this was kind of silly, a plastic bag, and then... <laughs> It's like a doggy bag. doo-doo bag. Yeah, kind of a little bit larger, like a small, like if you get a greeting card at a drugstore. Yeah. They'll put the greeting card in this plastic bag. Mm-hmm. And so he puts the plastic bag over his hand and puts it in, Mo- in Mox's face, iron claw again. Ref checks to see if he's passed out. Third time, Mox keeps his hand up. Uh, Archer releases it for some reason. Just keep the plastic bag over his face. Yeah. Instead, he just starts punching him. He goes ringside, gets some tables, sets him up. Uh, he, we're on the apron. Archer grabs his helmet, has some spiky things on top, and starts ramming into Mox's head. Again, he goes for the uh, uh, reverse razor edge thing off the apron. Mox gets out of that situation. 
And then Mox hits a Death Rider off the apron through the table's ringside. Uh, Lance can't beat the 10 count. Mox wins, new U.S. champion. He drops a promo saying, hey, I'm a gambling man. I came here. Either I was going to come away with nothing or everything, and I got everything. Uh, Juice, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, So I just looked up the rules of Texas Deathmatch. There's nothing in here about being submitted. Okay, Um, just 10 count then. So, I mean, maybe it changes when the Texas Deathmatch is happening in Japan. Because clearly he was about to tap out, and the ref was checking on his, yeah. you know, on his that. intentions whether to tap or not tap. Yeah, but uh, basically, uh, yeah, it's ten count to get to the feet, um, but does not have to be pinned. The last man. Oh, okay. So he. So so according to this, uh, the rules for a de- Texas death match are simple. There are no DQs, no pin, f- and pinfalls count anywhere. After a pinfall, the person pinned has a ten count to get up or back to the ring. So apparently they're supposed to be pinned first, hmm. and then they have ten. Yeah, this it's good <laughs> to get rid of the pin because that's convoluted. <laughs> so I got to pin them first. Is and it a three count or just I t- get on top of them? I don't know, man. Or just lay on top of them for ten seconds. <laughs> Why should just be just be care- just pin them and then sit on top of them for another ten seconds and you should win? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. I don't know. It's it's silly to to look up those. Rules. It is silly. It makes me laugh. It is because yeah. Uh, next, junior heavyweight title match, uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay. This was awesome. For people who like crazy stuff, um, this had everything you wanted. I mean, this is definitely flashiest match of the night. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a couple spots that were just insane. And you could probably call it show stealer. Um, and many will probably call it best match of the night. Yeah, I mean, it was showy, but it wasn't without a story being told. No, it was. And in fact, it wasn't even my thing. I did not. I did not. So usually, especially with taking time bomb coming back from this horrific neck injury, mm-hmm. I was fully expecting. Like, remember, what was it? Him and Skrull? Was it him and Skrull or him and Osprey and Skrull all together? I don't know what it was, but they had man. It was like it was just people doing crazy crap all over the place, and it was like, why? Why does he keep on getting dropped on his head and neck? And uh, that wasn't this. That was not this. Well, not it wasn't crazy moves onto the head and neck, but the head and neck was the story. At least it from was no, it was Takahashi's totally the story. perspective, where Osprey is like, oh, I know what I'm going to target: head and neck. But like early on, Osprey is just being a total. What was Shirk. it? Wasn't it like was it Naito and Ibushi who had that match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like talk about targeting the neck. It's like how many times could you drop your opponent on your neck before they just can't? Get this up was different. And in fact, there are some moments when Osprey uh, executed some moves where he was obviously protecting Takahashi because he like wouldn't come close. But commentary would sell it as if he did. There was yeah yeah. There's two. Sorry. Mm-hmm. There was the double stomp. That he didn't get close to touching him. On the that, apron, I think. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's a missile drop kick off mm-hmm. the top rope that's been over Twitter and didn't come close to touching him. And I'm fine with that look, man. If, if it looks like a miss, I don't really care. Uh, I don't want to see a guy get his neck busted yeah. for the purposes of professional wrestling. Exactly. Um, but I thought that being said, yeah, there was a lot of really, really cool stuff going on here. And at no time did I think, man, Takahashi's taking un- unnecessary risks, which I feel like he did before the injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This was just an absolutely terrific match. It was really good. So I, was, I mentioned there, Osprey walks in. Uh, oh, first, 
both gentlemen's ring gear was great. Takahashi's was next level. Totally next. We'll get to more awesome ring uh, entrance gear later on. Um, But Takahashi's was awesome. That was beautiful. Uh, Osprey walks in like he owns the place. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a complete jerk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost dismissive. I mean, in the video package of the lead up, he's like, he says something along the lines of, "Yeah, I feel like I've while Takahashi's been gone, I've surpassed him. I've grown past him. I've grown past him. I'm way better than he ever was." Mm -hmm. And so we had that attitude walking in. At one point, there's some back and forth. Uh, He kind of comes out away with the upper hand. He just relaxes on the top turnbuckle. Yeah, not a care in the world. Yeah, you know he's fairly flippant about uh, Hiromu's offense, which is a great juxtaposition. Not to like just skip ahead to the end. Uh, but it was a great juxtaposition because he basically had to be carried out at the, by the end of the match, and he had just this look of complete and utter shock and disbelief on his face after having lost the match. Yeah. Uh, it was terrific. Uh, uh, Hiromu finally got his attention. He hits Rana, sends him out ringside, goes for that sunset flip powerbomb he used to do all the time. Uh, Will blocks it, tries to go for Rana, doesn't work out for him. He's an apron bomb instead, and then uh, Takahashi files a missile drop kick off the apron. And, you know, we could go uh, all over the, you know, detail, everything in here. But it pretty much, Osprey was focusing his offense on the neck. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much uh, how much it can Takahashi take before the ref is going to start stop the match. There's several times where he was taking, you know, move after move centered on the head and neck. And he was getting up and wobbly and, and commentary is really selling. Oh, is the ref going to stop the match? He shouldn't be continuing. Yeah. This is his, what, second or third match? match back from having a broken neck yeah you got to think about this per this this guy's livelihood mm-hmm. um not just whether he should be winning this match or not there's this the fantastic spot um where uh, uh takahashi hits a wheelbarrow flatliner he's starting to come back he hits a falcon arrow get it gets a two um and then uh will hits a springboard pele kick that sends uh takahashi to the outside so Will goes for a Sasuke special. Mm-hmm. So he's jumping out of the ring, ringside. Hiromu gets out of the way. Will lands on his feet. Immediately, Hiromu grabs him, goes for a German suplex onto the ramp. Will flips, lands on his feet. Hiromu turns around, sees that Will's charging towards him. He does the same thing, overhead toss. Will flings himself into the ring, yeah. gets up, and as fluid as can be, another Sasuke special hits that one. It was uh, amazing. I think... Uh uh, Luke from Wrestle Talk said it was a bonkers match, and I can't think of a better word. That's good. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. It was great. And then uh, Hiromu uh, uh, debuted a new finisher too. Yes, he did. I don't know. They did not give it a name. No, they just said that in advance that Hiromu had something new planned. Ah, okay. And so he hits he hits a time bomb that didn't get the win. Um, Will kicks out of it, and then yeah, he hits this this new finish. But yeah, there's a lot of great. There's this great spot where Will's going for a hidden blade. Hiromu collapses and, and and Will's looking down at him and it's like okay this is this is an opportunity that just hit Stormbreaker put him away mm-hmm. end the match instead he starts kicking him in the face yeah quad of kicks yeah again to work out for Will he lost there are a couple like at least one I thought there were two like destroyers out of nowhere they did like yeah. all this crazy and honestly it's the kind of thing just watch the damn match yeah New Japan World's only ten dollars a month it's an amazing deal. Um, and th- these sequences just have to be seen to be believed. They're yeah, the one where, 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 where Takashi goes for a lariat, Will flips out of it and picks him up for a time for a power, yeah, power bomb, yeah. And Hiromu reverses that into a destroyer. Oh man, it was fantastic. So good. There's so much good stuff. Anyways, just watch it. Whatever we say, we'll, we'll, it won't do the match justice. Just Truth. go watch it. Truth. 
Uh, next, we had for the Intercontinental title, Tetsuya Naito versus Jay White. So uh, you're thinking, how can anybody fight? I mean, look, this is Jay White and Tetsuya Naito, two of the best guys right now. But uh, it's like, man, how can you how can you follow that? And I mentioned this during the stream, and I one thing that I really love about Jay White is that when we first started watching Jay White before he had been rebranded as Switchblade, uh, he was sort of a typical, like, I don't want to say typical. He was obviously just a fantastic athlete. Mm-hmm. A lot of flippy stuff. Um, well, yeah, yeah. He worked. I mean, we, we saw that one match at uh, the PWG show we went to. Mm-hmm. And yes, he worked a much faster pace, more athletic approach to like, wrestling. He, yes. Like the better guys on 205. Like, you know, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. He was kind of that kind of stuff, you know? Um, the thing that I love so much about him is that since he's become Switchblade, and especially recently, he has learn to put on these matches that don't rely on that. They can be slow paced matches and they've adapted to his, he has adapted his entering style to his character and they're still very compelling matches. Well, yeah, he's a good storyteller. This was the, and a very, at a very, I mean, he's 27. Yeah. I yeah, think. yeah he's pretty young. Um, but you know, as opposed to when we first started seeing him a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time, he is, learned how to do that and yeah. it's and he's a top level guy yeah um how you follow that match with all the crazy stuff is you have a match where it's basically just the best version of focusing on a limb yeah and this was him attacking naito's knees mm-hmm. um and it was just i thought it was absolutely great i, I love this match it was, was really, really good. good so uh jay white he's stalling early hanging around ringside. So Naito goes over to, to Gato and grabs him by the beard. He's like, Jake, you know, hey, we got to get to this or I'm going to do something to Gato. Yeah. And so Jay kind of gets in the ring. Naito's in there. Naito has a pretty fast start. Knocks uh, Jay White out again. We get to see Tranquilo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Naito hits a draping neck breaker off the apron, gets in Gato's face. And then uh, this is when Gato starts getting involved. Uh, Naito hits back elbow on Jay against the ropes. Uh, while Jay's selling that, Gato grabs Naito's ankle. In clear view of Red Shoes. Yet Red Shoes does nothing. But that distraction allows Jay to get the upper hand. It happens again. At least this time, Red Shoes goes down and gives Gato a mouthful. Uh-huh. Or an earful, sorry. Uh, later on, uh, Naito's uh, wrapped around the ring post. Uh, Gato gets a chair while Jay White's distracting the ref and hits Naito's knee with it. Um, and from that moment on, Jay White is focusing a, a vast majority of his offense on Naito's knee. Um, you know, Naito would try to make a comeback several times where he tried to do something, knee gives out. Mm-hmm. There was a one point where he's trying to do the Tornado DT where he kind of walks up the ropes. He can't even extend his leg far enough to get to the ropes. Yeah. Falls short. Um, he just keeps, you see, drag and screw leg whips, re- inverted figure four. Uh, all sorts of stuff targeting the offense on the knee, and it's not taking anything really out of out of Jay. He whenever he puts whenever he puts Naito in a move, he'll just sit there and smile and throw up two sweets yeah, incessantly. Funny. Yeah, it's pretty great. But it's just it's great character stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really good character. He's really, you know, we had said when he debuted a switchblade, uh, he needs to grizzle up a little bit. He's which, done that with the beard. He's done that a little bit. But mainly, it's in his. It's in the character stuff that's in the ring. It's not even visually necessarily, although he has. Uh, the character stuff is so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So towards the end, uh, Naito's setting up for Destino. Uh, Jay just has a seat. He did this against Okada at the G1 Supercard. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, uh, 
Naito tries again. Uh, Jay sends him into Red Shoes into the corner. We get ourselves a ref bump. <laughs> yeah, Red Shoes was so dramatic with oh, this. Yeah, man. He was like, uh, <laughs> I think he put his hands like over his head automatically. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, Gato's in the ring with a chair. Uh, he tries to hit Naito. Naito kicks him instead. This allows Jay to hit a low blow on him. Uh, Naito kind of no-sells it, hits a dragon suplex on Jay, and then uh, turns around and kicks Gato twice in the front area. He turned around. Jay throws a chair at Just Naito's directly head. directly in Naito's yeah, right head. head, yeah. Falls with a sleeper suplex. Ref is still out, though. Um, Jay kind of sets up for a Blade Runner. Naito's fighting out of it. Jay spits in his face, hits another uh, sleeper suplex. Uh, Naito responds pretty quickly thereafter with Destino, but he can't make the cover. Uh, shortly thereafter, Naito hits Poison Rana. Destino only gets him a two count. Um, and then finish sees Naito go for Destino. Jay blocks it. He sets up for a Blade Runner. Naito escapes that situation. Hits Destino for the win. Yeah. Good stuff. Really New good stuff. Intercontinental Champion, Tetsuya Naito. And then our main event, Kota oh, boy. Challenger taking on Kazuchika Okada, your IWGP Heavyweight Champion. This match was Brutal. Another one. Red Shoes really had his uh, work cut out for him because oh, at, at one point, Ibushi just started punching him with a closed fist. Yeah, these weren't work punches. <laughs> these, these were like nasty, actual, literal punches. He, he was punching Okada on the shoulder. That's pretty meaty yeah. uh, area to punch someone so you don't hurt him. But these were real punches. Yeah. It sounded like someone hitting a turkey with a baseball mm-hmm. bat. These were real punches. Yeah. Um, story going into this was that, uh, and it has been with Ibushi for a while, is that he's very, he's an emotional dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when he, he gets to the point where he can't control his emotions, and the, the, at one point during the match, commentary is uh, saying this, that Okada was trying to push Kota into this territory where uh, he, he, he's at the mercy of his own emotions. And because of that, uh, he might make a mistake. Yeah. Uh, instead, what happened is that uh, Cody would get frustrated, and he went to this trance state, kind of like what <laughs> Kevin Owens does when he yeah. does something, re- do something really messed up. Yeah. He just stand there like this and like completely removed from the situation. <laughs> Except Kota Bushi is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens is, is entertaining. And everything. He's like, oh, it's scary. Kota Bushi is terrifying. There was this moment where. Uh, Okada was hitting Obushi with European uppercuts. Yeah. And the first one, he dropped like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, right. Okada gets him up, hits another one. Okada just stands there. Doesn't do anything. Blank face. Dude, I'm telling you, I said this during the stream, and this was legit. The only other time I've seen anything like this was in an actual shoot situation, and I know it's grainy as hell, but if you watch Lex Luger versus Bruiser Brody in that steel cage, when Bruiser Brody literally just stopped participating in yeah, the match, yeah, yeah. and Luger would hit him something, and Bruiser would just sit there like this, and then he'd like throw Luger for reals. That's what that felt. It felt like it felt like Abushi just stopped working the match. Yeah, but like in a really terrifying way. Yeah, you know. Before we get too much further into talk about this match, let's talk about uh, Okada's entrance and oh, his new gear. Just dude, super dramatic. Some CG stuff going on. The change of lighting because it's uh, there's a screen that came down in front of him, and they're projecting stuff on the screen. And so what's projected on the screen, you see Okada in his usual uh, entrance attire. Yeah. The elaborate robe, all that. And so the projection changes, and so he's lit from the side, and it's just blinding white light coming out towards you. You realize, oh, man, that's his new robe. He has turned into light. And so the, the entrance ends. Screen comes up. He starts making his way down. 
and it's just it's like something from the future. Yeah, it because is. it's it's like it's it's base is white, but it's got a bunch of detail that's iridescent, but it looks like it's embedded in the fabric itself. Yeah, and then like the lights were doing all sorts of crazy stuff, but like it's sort of like it looked like a like black like lights. a black light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was absolutely. It was insane. amazing. It was and crazy. So he takes the robe off, and he's got uh he's got trunks. He's got trunks. I haven't seen more trunks, and they're before. not the they're not the, like the short like they're not like the sort of the half leg. No, not the quarter leg stuff. No, yeah, these are like trunks, trunks, and like the crowd, of course, at the sight of his thighs, gasped. Yes, absolutely. I amazing. missed I missed the the bell bombs to an extent, but the trunks are cool. Anyways, um, in typical Okada fashion, this match uh, proceeded at a leisurely pace, but it pays off at the end because. When you take your time between moves, you get to tell a story and build up mm-hmm. some intensity. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when Coda was no selling stuff. Wow. It was great. It was that was fantastic. Absolutely great. Fantastic. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Trying to find... Oh, here it is. So, uh, Okada's going for the uh, neck breaker, like the air raid crash type neck breaker. Uh, Cody reverses that into a spirit bomb. Uh, He tries for a Bumaye... Okada hits a drop kick, tombstone, goes for a rainmaker. Kota gets the ropes, and that's when Okada hits him with a couple of European uppercuts. One of them just drops him, picks him up, and uh, he starts no-selling him. Mm-hmm. Follows with, like, stiff palm strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okada responds with a drop kick. Kota just gets right up, mm-hmm. completely no-sells it. Another palm strike, uh, a flurry of strikes. By this point, Okada's, like, down in the corner, kind of yeah. just covering up. Yeah, And... Uh, Coda's kicking him, and then it starts full fist. Yeah, I'm not gonna say full force, but those are real punches. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was it was a beautifully executed bit of story that it's like a side of Coda you haven't seen, mm-hmm. and they and, teased and, it when he took that briefcase and clobbered yeah, Okada with it. Yeah, right. In the lead up, but like you know, Red Shoes is sitting there, and he's like, "Hey, stop doing this here," and Coda's like, I don't know, "What are you gonna do, man?" Yeah, like there's got to be a winner here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was kind of the thing is, is for the rest of the match, Kota was in this trance state. No, you like, had it right. Yeah. Trance state where he's kind of disassociated from what's going on in the mm-hmm. ring. He was just, he was all about for him achieving the goal of winning that match. Yeah. Um, uh, so later on, Kota is going for that German suplex off the ropes. Okada fights out. They're on the apron. Goes, he's setting up for tombstone, but Kota escapes. Eventually though, Okada does hit the tombstone on the apron. Uh, Kota beats the count back in. Oh, earlier on, uh, uh, Okada, Okada would shoot me, find the move. Tomorrow. Oh, he's going for a Rainmaker, and Obushi kind of goes for like a Pele kick or something, but I think Okada may, might have been supposed to catch him, and Obushi's lying right on the top of his head. Yeah, yeah, he plants himself right on the head. It was yeah, kind of a scary spot. It was scary. But then he was fine. He just got right back up. He's yeah. got the, like, the most uh, in, invincible neck ever, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so... Uh, here we find out where I am. There, there it is. So, uh, 
Okada hits this huge German suplex that basically drops uh, Ibushi on the back of his head, sets up for a Rainmaker. Uh, Okada, uh, Kota fights out of it, drops Okada with a lariat, follows with that German suplex off the ropes, again, right in the back of Okada's head. Only gets him a two count, though. Uh, later on, Okada responds with Tombstone, goes for a Rainmaker. No, instead, Kota Ibushi hits a Rainmaker mm-hmm. on Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> follows with the Kinshasa. Okada kicks out at one. That was rad. And yeah. then Kota get, hits another Kinshasa, or a Bumaye. Uh, that one gets him a two count. Hits a head kick. Hey, did you notice the... Uh, I hadn't noticed as pronounced before this, before tonight, the uh, the stalling two to three count. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really... It was much more pronounced, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I'll be honest with you. I kind of liked it because it's it's... It's the ref, and here's the thing. It it was like a couple matches of this happened. Yeah. The refs would go one, two, and give him an opportunity to get up. It yeah. wasn't a one, two, three. It was yeah. one, two, getting up. No, okay. And I kind of like that because it's kind of like the, the the wrestling version of let the players play. Yeah, yeah. It's like we don't want this to be end to end until we know it's done. Yeah, yeah. And I really kind of appreciated that aspect of it. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it, it was it, well it done. Really, I, I I didn't bother me really. Uh, so Kota hits another Kinshasa. That gets him a two count. Oh, sorry. Head kick. Kamagoye. Okada kicks out of that. Uh, Kota goes for another Kamagoye. Uh, Okada instead responds with a drop kick. Um, he goes up top for a top rope drop kick. Kota catches him into a power bomb. Uh, gets him a two. He goes up top for the Phoenix Splash. Misses. Mm-hmm. Okada hits spinning Rainmaker. Standard Rainmaker. Uh, Kota kicks out. Picks him up, hits Rainmaker, then another, goes for a third. Kota avoids that, kicks him in the head, uh, hits a V-trigger, goes for a Kamigoye. No, instead, uh, Okada hits a sit-down tombstone, another Rainmaker. He gets to win. Five Rainmakers. Yeah. It took to beat Kota how many were the How many were the ripcord ones, though? Because those are kind of like those. All the one. Yeah. The spinning one is the only one that wasn't a ripcord rainmaker. No, that's not true. He had at least two that were he had wrist control and he did the rainmaker, but the last one was the ripcord. All it right. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was uh, I because you sort of di- I I sort of differentiate. It's like well, if he doesn't do the ripcord. Is it a real rainmaker? I mean, the ripcord really should. I mean, it's, it's this. It's the oh force. no, you can't. No, it it's is. it's this right here disorientates the person. Reading way too much in there. <laughs> so when Okada wins, and going in this after Naito's match, I was like, man, Kota Bushi's really have to beat the heck because, like, uh, leaving uh, the, his uh, match against Jay White, Naito's like he can barely walk. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, you're really setting up Naito to be the underdog. If they want to make this, I guess depending on the how they want to emphasize the drama of the match, essentially Kota Bushi's really to beat the hell out of, of Okada to make it seem like a, a fair fight, mm-hmm. and that was kind of accomplished. Because mm-hmm. especially when Kota was on top of him, just like punch him, granted in the shoulder, but punching him. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on how they're going to uh, on how they're going to sell it going into tomorrow. I feel like the more lasting damage was done on Naito's obviously, knees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this was, this was a brutal match. It was a th- like, I think somebody on Twitter, 39 minutes, 39 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you felt every minute of it. Yeah. You really did. It was yeah. good stuff. 
So uh, bell rings, match over. Naito makes his way down ringside. He gets in the ring, uh, cuts a promo. References uh, the fact that, hey, we're here again. Two years later. Mm-hmm. From when you beat me, Okada. And then what was it, like seven years seven since years they when got they robbed got, of the main event? Yep. yep. Telling you, story-wise, makes all the sense in the world for Naito to win. Uh, there's a stare down. Naito leaves. Uh, Okada picks up the mic. He talks. Thanks the crowd for showing up. <laughs> yeah. Says, uh, I'm still the most powerful champion. Uh, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sets the table for tomorrow. Tomorrow should be a hell of a show. It yeah, should man. be. There's some really terrific matches. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Tomorrow we've got, of course, the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match. We've got junior uh, heavyweight tag title. That should be a killer match. That should be really good. British heavyweight title. That be should good. be great. Never open weight. Uh, Ar- no <laughs> Archer Mox versus Juice Robinson. That should be decent. Tanahashi versus Jericho could be good. And then, of course, main event, double yeah. gold dash. That loser's match is going to be good, too. Mm-hmm. Ibushi versus Jay White. Yep. Oof, that should be good. That should be really good. A lot good. of good stuff. Anyways, yeah. So uh, we will, of course, be doing our live reactions to night two of Wrestle Kingdom. I believe it starts at 9 p.m. Pacific time, midnight Eastern, yeah. which would make it, what, 6 a.m.? 5. No, 5. 5. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. UK time. Yep. So hopefully you guys will join us. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We do appreciate it. Get on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. We also have a big sale going on at friendomarket.com. Yeah. All the shirts are marked down. We might have a couple sizes left of the Friendo Club shirts because we had a really – I took some of the ones that we had laying around and put them back up. Uh, But, yeah, we got some good deals over there, so check those out. And hit that like button. Yeah, smash it. Thank you for watching. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.